ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode seven of How to Talk Sports, the number one podcast for not big sports fans. We're here to teach those of you who don't know much about sports how to join in on those sports conversations. We're going to be doing it today with the treacherous quartet of me, Jack Johnson, Daniel Henselink sitting across from me. Yeah, let's go. Will Smalley coming live from, wait, what state are you in? What's it called? Blomaha. Blomaha. Oh, wait, that's the city. Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska, Nebraska, exactly. And Jordan reporting live from back home, Blue Springs. Hi, Jordan. How you doing, Jack? Oh, I'm great now that you guys are here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going for a speed episode today. So fast. Uh, it's it's going to blow your minds how quickly we get through this information. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it off with baseball because it's the most exciting sport in the world and everybody wants to hear about it first. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. So without any interruptions from my coworkers, my, uh, my co-whatever, you not workers, whatever you guys are called. Whatever you guys are called <laughs> to me. Here we go. The two sand teams went south of the border as the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants took the field in Mexico City for the first time in Major League regular season history. With an elevation of 7,349 feet, the pitchers were huffing and puffing to keep up with the pitch clock. This is evident by the final score of 16-11 Padres in the first game. Game one was highlighted by Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a Klosta ball 376 feet down the opposite field line for a go-ahead Klosta bomb of a home run. The Padres win the next game 6-4 to and take the two-game sweep against their division rivals. You like that one? That was thank so you, dumb. <laughs> thank you, ball for sponsoring. <laughs> Bryce Harper returns to the Phillies lineups tonight as a DH a mere 160 days after receiving Tommy John surgery. The normal recovery time is nine months to a year, but Harper must have two-time National League MVP healing abilities. He'll be at DH for the foreseeable future, with plans to shift to first base to make up for the loss of Reese Hoskins. And a little update on the teams I told you guys to be a fan of. They're killing it. The D-backs are a half game back from the Dodgers in the National League West, and the Orioles sit in second in the American League East, the best division in baseball. They are three and a half games behind the powerhouse Tampa Bay Rays. In any other division, they're nipping at the heels of that first place team. Um, The Royals, the other team I told you guys to be a fan of, you know, hey, it's not our year. We'll be back. It's not going well. We'll be back. And uh, just like that, those are your baseball updates. We had the Mexico City series. We had Bryce coming back. And the teams I told you guys to be a fan of, I mean, I told you for a reason. Hey, can we talk about Manny Machado finally coming alive this season? Dude, I, I, we all knew it was a matter of time. He's one of the best third basemen in the league, and uh, your fantasy team needed yeah, it. I needed it. <laughs> he needed it bad. So uh, we all knew Manny would come around. Maybe it was the elevation that did it for him. There were four home runs hit in that game it by was, the Padres. How many runs were scored in that game total? It was 16 to 11, so what, 27 runs? Oh, my goodness. It was kind of nuts. The pitchers were, like, exhausted trying to pitch in that 7,000 feet elevation. It's 2,000 feet how higher many team, than How many Rockies. pitchers did each team go through? It had to be a I bunch. don't know. I'll, I'll have to check that, but it was it was probably a lot. Everyone was getting shelled. That's what they call a pitcher's ballpark, or a hitter's ballpark, I mean. Well, very rapidly, baseball updates are over. Uh, 
So who wants to go next? Let's go. Shut up. <laughs> All right, anyone but Will can go next. I can go. Oh, Daniel's got it. Okay, so tell us about football. NFL. Here we go. If my freaking thing will load. All right, never mind. I'm not going next. <laughs> NBA <laughs> go next. All right, Will. Never All mind. Right. You do get to go next. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So. I know a lot of the time I like to talk about uh, men's football on this podcast, but in the interest of diversity and inclusion, I would like to talk about women's football. This is the greatest thing you've ever done, Will. Let's go! <laughs> Shut yes, up, Will. I'm I love so women. excited. I'm actually going to pay attention to your segment now. All right, so I might butcher the name. Gianni Infantino. I could have butchered the name. He looks like a croissant, so I don't really care. But he is the president of FIFA. So pretty powerful dude, pretty big guy pretty uh, heavy hitter he threatened recently not broadcast the women's world cup in 2023 in some very major soccer countries in the uk in spain italy germany and france like the biggest soccer countries in the world and the reason for this is that european broadcasters offered up to 10 million for these rights and that's really nothing when you compare it with the broadcasting rights for the Men's World Cup, which was up to $200 million. So we have to ask ourselves this, which is, why is it there's such a disparity? And you can make the economic argument that, well, the women's game doesn't generate as much viewership and therefore economic value. But either way, this still seems to be holding back women in the sport a lot with, you know, lots of impacts on the women's game that are probably going to be felt way past the World Cup because, let's face it, the World Cup is really the best chance for exposure that women get in this sport. And so for that to kind of be curtailed is something that just kind of ships more and more ships to the men's game instead of the women's game. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? What do you think the cause is for this lowball offer, and how do you think it's going to play out? My thoughts are I thought you were going to come in here and teach me about some women's <laughs> soccer players that I didn't know about. And now I'm hearing the so worst any, news possible for soccer women's player? soccer players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, name name every women's soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why are you're asking us why he threw that bo- offer out there? Well, so why do you think the broadcasting companies are just lowballing with the rights for the broadcasting and you know, what do you think that's a reflection of, I guess? Are they lowballing, or are they actually? Is that how much money the, the the rights are worth? Like, like I like without being political, we know that men's sports and women's sports do not make nearly the same amount of revenue. So, like, a, get out. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is wrong with but you, a, Jack? A, a, especially when it comes to men's soccer, a twenty times increase in the broadcasting rights. I mean, that's not that far fetched. Now, I, I don't know any of this for sure. I'd have to look up and see how much more men's soccer brings in than women's soccer. But, I mean, in all honesty, that doesn't sound too far off from something, you know, that I believe. Well, so it all depends. Like, for the U.S., the women's national team brings in more, like, revenue than the men's national team. Mm. Um, well, really. they are That's World Cup not... champions. Right. So that's not necessarily the case in Europe. But either way, like... I get the perspective that, you know, they're in it to make money and the viewership isn't exactly there. 
But on the flip side, that's really what elevates the women's game is the World Cup viewership. Like, I know, like, my sure. sister, for instance, loves watching the Women's World Cup. That's the only time it's really televised. So that's the only time she really gets to watch the, you know, female soccer stars that she really likes. That's that's the time she gets to watch them play. So for these people in these, you know, these countries in Europe, I guess it just sucks if you like women's soccer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I like... I've known you my entire life, and I did not know you had a sister. Sorry, that's very off topic. <laughs> it's news to me. No, I like I like watching women's soccer too. I think like the World Cup is really the only time I get to watch it though too. So I think I understand that it it kind of sucks though that they're taking this away from people. I think it's one of those things where it's getting caught in between business revenue and like what do people want to watch and stuff. So kind of stinks. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm happy as a soccer fan that we get two World Cups in one year. That's pretty cool to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't get the same thing, so we'll see how it plays out. I'll be very interested, and I think they're going to find a resolution. I think they'll have to offer a little more money. Um, I don't know if it'll be profitable uh, profitable for them. I don't know, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, unfortunate for the... Will this affect like women's salaries at all through the World Cup? Um. So... When you play for the national team, and this this could vary by country, but I think the general understanding is that you get like, like a small kind of like compensation for it. Um, I'd assume for women it's very small compared to men. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this would shrink it or not. I don't know all of the ins and outs of um, how this affects that. Well, that is actually very interesting stuff. Uh, thank you, Will. Great segment on soccer and <laughs> true to episode. Very quick. Daniel. All right, I'm ready. Rapidly. Tell us about football. All right. This last week, seen some interesting storylines develop around the league through the draft in KC, which had 312,000 people in attendance. KC really showed out. Um, Alabama QB star and Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, number one overall to the Panthers. Um, and then following him, C.J. Stroud, number two to the Texans. Um, so those were the two people that people assume would go one and two, and that's exactly what happened. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I was very happy with round one. Let's go. Felix Uduke Uzama. That's just not how you say his name. Whatever. <laughs> the legend, the king, is now a chief. King Felix. King Felix. For all of our listeners, Felix Enudike Uzama. 31st pick. Yeah, close enough. So, best quest- celebration of football. The quest from this area, right? He went to Lee Summit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, fun. Okay, real fun fact. All the K State people that got drafted, they all went to their hometown teams. Yeah, there were like four, right? Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. So that was cool. And like Deuce Vaughn got drafted by like his dad, who's a scout Dude. for the Cowboys. Did you see? Did you guys see that video? No. Deuce Vaughn, running back for K-State, got picked in the sixth round. His dad is a scout for the Cowboys. And there's this video going around of his dad making the call. Yeah. And, like, it almost brought a tear to my eyes. It's amazing, eyes. bro. That's cool. That's he said, like so he said I got a question for you. You want to come to work with me next week? And I just, I almost he's, lost my He's mind, in bro. the draft war room with, like, Jerry Jones, yeah. all of the top Cowboys people, and I, I think it was so cool. Apparently, he stepped out of the room every time they were talking about Deuce Vaughn, too. So, oh, like, really? he didn't tr- want to influence the decision or anything. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, Deuce, Cowboys fans, you guys are lucky because even if he doesn't pan out to be some NFL superstar, he's one of the most fun players that I've ever seen in my life. 
he and he he has success in the Cowboys Stadium. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. He owns. He the loves Cowboys that. Stadium. He loves that field yeah. for sure. Um, so who won the draft? Um, Eagles had a really good draft. Texans did as well. Panthers and Steelers also had a really good draft. So if you're fans of those teams, you should be very happy with how the draft worked out. If you're a Bears or a Lions fan, wasn't it wasn't so good for you? I just <laughs> it wasn't great. Lions made some weird decisions. Um, they traded away DeAndre Swift in, in the draft to the Eagles. Another good thing by the Eagles, and just kind of weird from the Lions. They got a quarterback in the end of the draft though, Hooker from Tennessee. So we'll see how he is. Um, and then Bears, they had the number one pick going into it, traded away, but they really didn't do much with what they got out of that trade. So pretty disappointing from both those teams. But, um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, If you're a fan of the Eagles, Texans, Panthers, Steelers, good job. Um, We also saw one of the most anticipated contract talks of the whole offseason and the past few years finally come to resolution this week. Lamar Jackson finally signed a contract with the Ravens. Let's go. Five years, $260 million. I mean, this they've been talking about this for, like, the past two off-seasons, trying to get him re-signed, and he always, they haven't been able to figure it out, but they finally figured out. And if you're a Ravens fan, this should be, you should be overjoyed right now because Lamar, not on the field, is just terrible for what you could have with Lamar on the field. I mean, Lamar being on the Ravens is much better than Lamar not being on the Ravens. So, Ravens looking up now. You've got Odell Beckham and Lamar. So, we'll see what happens. Um, Ravens had a pretty good draft as well. So, um, that's kind of what's been going on in the NFL recently. Um, Teams are starting training camps and stuff. So, we'll see what happens. Real quick, one other storyline. DeAndre Hopkins, a receiver for the Cardinals, one of the best receivers in the league, had some injury problems. People are wondering, is he going to get traded? Where's he going to go? And it turns out he's going to stick with the Cardinals. So that was kind of disappointing. Should have been a Chief. Yeah, that was disappointing as a Chiefs fan because I thought he was going to get traded to the Chiefs. But whatever, it's fine. We're, we don't need him. We'll win another Super Bowl anyway. All right, that's also, NFL. Also, as a non-massive football fan, I'm very excited for Anthony Richardson. Um, uh, yeah. He's a super prospect. In terms of, you know, that's a baseball term. But uh, I'd put him in that category. He's a very toolsy player. Yeah. And so we'll I'm excited to see how he pans out. I'm a little skeptical. I'm, I'm definitely skeptical. Uh, I'm skeptical of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, except for C.J. Stroud. I think from, my, from conversations I've had with guys who know a lot about the draft, C.J. Stroud has the highest floor, but also one of the lower ceilings. He has there's a very good chance he comes in and is decent, but there's not a massive chance that he comes in and is great. I've heard Bryce Young has a high ceiling, and I've heard Anthony Richardson's ceiling is super high. So I'm excited to see how those guys play out. One guy to keep an eye on who didn't get drafted in the first round, Will Levis. Yeah. Going to the Titans. We'll see. I think the Titans got to steal with that because I think he is a first-round talent that fell in the second round. So we'll see what happens. Also... Adrian Martinez, non-draft signee by the Lions, right? Yeah. I heard he's going to be second string, so. I mean, that's all right, I guess. Yeah, watch the Lions for the 
most fun quarterback out of the University of Kansas or out of Kansas State University. He'll probably end season. up being a like running back or receiver by the end of his career, I think. No chance. He's not He fast. might be. He, he they might bad. they might make him move. No, no, he's not that he, he he's got talent. Enough about football. It's way too much. Jordan, tell us about the most exciting sport. It's basketball season. Basketball's alive and well, and I'm just dying to hear your takes. Thank you for this introduction, Jack. As you said, it is basketball season. It is the most exciting sport right now. We just started the second round, and there's so much to talk about that happened over the last week of basketball. There's also so much stuff coming up that's important to talk about. I'm going to try my best best to do both. Um, So since the last pod episode, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks bow down to the to Jimmy Butler and the Heat in game five. It was crazy to say that like the Bucks looked nowhere near a championship team mentally. They made rookie mistakes and didn't look ready for the bright lights of the playoffs. And the reason that's so crazy to say is because obviously the Milwaukee Bucks core has already won a championship together. But late down the game, you saw Drew Holiday making mistakes. You saw Giannis Antetokounmpo run from the free throw line and almost cause turnovers. And you saw Mike Budenhoser not call timeouts that really any high school coach probably would have called in those situations. Um, so Jimmy Butler moves on to the second round, and he uh, suffered a little ankle injury in game one, but he finished out the game, and for some reason the Knicks didn't try to attack him. But um, they win that game, and they're already up 1-0 in a series that they're not the the higher seed in. So that's a great thing going back to Miami. Um, we also saw the Denver Nuggets go up 2-0 on the Phoenix Suns, and I, I think people are finally starting to understand that the Denver Nuggets are a really good team and that the Phoenix Suns, they're kind of weak outside the top two whoa, talents whoa, of Devin whoa. Booker and Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh, okay, you okay. don't really see DeAndre Aiden get to do much inside this offense. Chris Paul is kind of old, and he suffered a groin injury yesterday. He's not the player that he used to be. And outside of those top two, you really don't see much from that team. Um in another one of our second-round matchups, we see the Boston Celtics go down to the Joel Embiid-less 76ers because vintage James Harden came back and scored 45 points, tying his playoff career high. And going into this series, knowing that Joel Embiid might miss a couple games, the the conversation was, is James Harden going to go back to Houston James Harden? And at least for game one, he did. And I like his mentality after the game. He's seeing his teammates celebrate, and he's saying, this is only one game. You have to win four of them, and I think that's a great mentality going into game two. Um, I don't think the Celtics necessarily did anything wrong to lose this game. They played an amazing offense, shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line as a team. But for some reason, when players go against the Boston Celtics, they just become the best version of themselves, and hopefully the Celtics can kind of slow that game down for game two. Um, Back to the first-round matchups. In our only seven-game series so far, we saw the Golden State Warriors take out the young Sacramento Kings in Game 7 with Steph Curry erupting for 50 points in a Game 7, which is an NBA record. I think it's crazy that, like, we saw the Warriors struggle on the road all year, going 11-30 throughout the season. But the second the playoffs start, they're able to get into one of the toughest, loudest arenas in the league and pull out two road wins. And it just shows that you can really never count out the Warriors dynasty. We didn't really get a Clay Thompson eruption game during that series. We saw Draymond Green get suspended, and throughout all of that, they still found a way to win because Stephen Curry is just him. Um, And that sets us up for our second-round matchup of Warriors versus Lakers, Curry versus LeBron, Um, game one being later tonight. And I think that this is what almost every NBA fan wanted to see. 
I have zero predictions for this series, honestly, because I think it can go either way. It kind of depends on what version of Anthony Davis we're getting. It depends on if LeBron is still kind of quiet like he was in that round one matchup where he only scored 22 points per game. And it's crazy to say that about a four-year-old man, but we need LeBron to kind of score the 26, 27 to 30 range if they want to beat this Warriors team. And you also have to look at, is Klay Thompson going to play better? Is Jordan Poole going to look like an NBA player during this series? And can Steph Curry still score that consistently? Um, but that is kind of our recap for the basketball world right now and a little bit of forward thinking for this Warriors-Lakers matchup. Um, all I'm hoping for is that players stay healthy and we get some good series out of this. Amen to that. Injuries, the worst part of sports, uh, especially when Chris Paul pulls his balls. That's just, you never <laughs> want to see that happen. <laughs> I, I, just, I, feel, I feel so bad for him. Um, but I'm not worried about the Suns. They will prevail no. because... Do you want to know who Steph Curry took that Game 7 points scored record from? Who is it, Jack? Oh, one Kevin Durant in an elimination Game 7 against the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021 where he would have had, what, 40, he had 48. He would have had 49 if he would have been a half-size shoe smaller, but... Kevin Durant's not even going to make it to a Game 7 in this series. So. Right. The guy you're talking about shot 10 of 27 last night. And it's just and it's awful to <laughs> see sorry, Kevin Jack, but... just sit in the corner on offense considering he's like one of the best scorers the league has ever seen. And now he just sits there like he's a role player. But um, that's the Phoenix Suns this year for you, I guess. It's, it's hard when you have a superstar like Devin Booker and then you got to bring in another superstar – like Kevin Durant and try and switch the whole thing and he's he's out for a month so you've only got what 3 weeks to figure it out. Yeah, it's it's not a great situation for the Suns, but I think Kevin Durant should not be sitting in the corner. As great as Devin Booker played last night, there was too many possessions where five times down you just see Kevin Durant waiting for the ball in the corner, do a spot up three, and to be honest, that's not Kevin Durant's game. So, yeah, Devin Booker did look like the one-time league MVP, two-time championship winner, you know, potential greatest scorer all time last night and not Kevin Durant, um, which I hate to see. But <laughs> I, obviously, you know, I don't have a problem with Devin Booker, but my, my man Kevin. You, you have the got, Kevin Durant Suns jersey, not the Devin Booker I Suns do, jersey. and he's got to turn it up. He's got to turn it up. Well, hopefully someday we'll be able to get a player profile a player uh, career highlight on Kevin Durant. But for now, I'm going to give you one. I'm one of my favorite baseball players of all time. One Mr. Pete Rose. Now, you probably know the name, uh, but I'm going to make sure you remember the name. Isn't he the dude that's banned from baseball? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, <laughs> all right? Pete Rose was born April 14, 1941. In Cincinnati, Ohio, and attended Western Hills High School, where he played football and baseball. After not getting promoted to the varsity football team his sophomore year, Pete began to slack off in school and did so poorly that his teachers told his parents he would either have to attend summer school or get held back a year. His dad decided to hold him back because he thought it was more important that he not miss a summer of baseball. So instead of going to summer school, his dad was like, ah, do it over. He can't miss baseball. Yeah, very, very excellent dad. His senior year of high school, Pete hit to a 626 batting average. 
And if not for his uncle, who was a scout for the Cincinnati Reds, this probably would have been the end of Rose's baseball career. But because of his uncle, he signed a contract with his hometown team right out of high school. During a spring training game with the Cincinnati Reds, legendary Yankees pitcher Whitey Ford called Pete Charlie Hustle after he sprinted the first after drawing a walk, and the name stuck. Rose made his debut in, 1963, in the 1963 season and wound up taking home the Rookie of the Year trophy. That was the first of many accolades he would go on to win. At the end of Charlie Hustle's 24-year career, Pete racked up three World Series championships, one-time National League MVP, 17 All-Star selections, two gold gloves, a silver slugger, a World Series MVP, and three batting titles. He is the all-time hits leader with 4,256 hits. Remind you, 3,000 hits is a very exclusive club. Pete Rose has 4,256. He also has the most games played, most played appearances, and at-bats in a career. He left the Reds in 1979 but returned in 1984 as a player-manager. And it was during these last two final years of his playing career that the things that make Pete Rose famous, or rather infamous, <laughs> occurred. In August of 1989, while he was managing the Reds, Charlie Hustle was hit with permanent ineligibility from baseball amidst accusations of betting on games, including ones he was playing in. For years, he stated publicly that he didn't do it. But in 2004... He finally admitted to betting on games. <laughs> because of this controversy, he has been kept out of the Baseball Hall of Fame despite having one of the greatest careers of all time. And it was outside that very same Baseball Hall of Fame that I, Jack Johnson, encountered the one and only Charlie Hustle. No way. My dad and I went on a baseball trip last summer. It was one of the coolest weeks of my life. We went to four or six stadiums in seven days, and we also stopped at the Baseball Hall of Fame, which was one of the coolest places I've ever been in, Cooperstown, New York. So we go into the Hall of Fame. We're walking around, doing our thing, learning about everything, not seeing Pete Rose because he's not in there. We get out. We're hungry. We go to a little Italian restaurant across the street. We sit down. The tables are so close together for, like, no reason. Like, I felt like we were eating with the couple that was sitting next to us. We sit down, we're eating our stuff, and all of a sudden these like two people walk in and sit at this table next to us, and they're big loud, and they're real Italian, and they're talking loud, and they've got all this big jewelry on and everything, and then two more people join them, and they're, they're being louder, and the manager knows them, and he's like, oh, it's, it's good to see you, and he's like, oh, being so Italian and everything, <laughs> and then two more people, so there's six of them sitting at this table, and one of these guys, he's, a, he's an old-looking guy, he's got a blue shirt on. And those old man sunglasses that, like, cover your whole eyes. And they have, like, the, the little piece of sunglass on the side, you know, so, like, the sun can't get in from the side. They're, like, made to go over some glasses. And he's wearing this white baseball hat, like this very clean white Cincinnati Reds fitted hat. And I remember looking like, dang, that's a cool hat. And so they're talking and being loud. And me and my dad are just kind of eating there, kind of listening. And... About 10 minutes later, this guy walks up to the table and is like, I, uh, sir, I am such a big fan. I hate to bother you while you're eating, but, you know, I'd love a picture. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Not a big deal. So they take a picture 
and him and his the guy and his wife are like, thank you, thank you so much, Pete. Like we're we'd we'd love to see you in there someday. And he said, yeah, I'd love to be in there. And me and my dad look at each other, and I look over again. I see the Reds hat, no way. and it clicks. And me and my dad go eyes locked on each other. That's Pete Rose. Oh my We're goodness. sitting next to Pete Rose. I am literally 24 inches from this man. That's how close the tables were. What? So, basically, I had dinner with Pete Rose at the Hall of Fame. Did you get a picture? <laughs> well, we didn't get a picture at dinner because it was rude. I didn't I didn't want to go up and like, you know, interrupt this dinner. But we're You're walking never gonna get We're chance. walking around the street. I see him sitting on a bench. And so we go up and we're like, hey, can we get a picture? He's like, oh, yeah, I remember you guys from dinner. Absolutely. What? So if you check my Twitter. <laughs> so you're basically friends with Pete Rose. Bro, you, you're friends with Pete Rose. <laughs> if you check my Twitter profile picture, it is me and Pete Rose posted at the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's legendary. Which is one oh, of the biggest flexes. The Hall flexes. of Fame he's not in. The Hall of Fame he's not in. Also, <laughs> that's hard. Also, we're eating dinner. Me and my dad get up to leave. And I stand up and I take one last drink of my water and put it down. And Pete leans over and goes, just take that cup with you. <laughs> and I was like, you think I should? He said, they don't need it. They got plenty. <laughs> so <laughs> I pretend like I'm walking out with it. And then I bring it back and we both kind of laugh. So not only did I have dinner with Pete Rose, not only did I take a picture with him and basically become his best friend, but I also made him laugh with my improv prop comedy in the restaurant with the cup. <laughs> Bro, this story is crazy. Why, why is he hanging out outside of the Hall of Fame? I mean, because he wishes he was there, nah, I guess. It, that's crazy. Yeah, he was there signing autographs and everything. It was, it's so crazy that it could have been a fake guy pretending to be Pete Rose. Nah, dude, this was Pete Rose. It look was up, me. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> if you look up a picture of Pete Rose, you'll see an old guy wearing a white. Like I, I've seen the hat that's in his picture, the white fitted Cincinnati Reds hat. It was him. Check my Twitter profile. Why didn't he Jackie take our sunglasses? On he did take them off, but he oh. eventually he took them off. Oh, okay. So you confirmed. Oh, yeah. It's oh, him. Okay. He had a big ring on, too. Dude, that's, that is an amazing story, actually. <laughs> it was actually wild. <laughs> it was one of the coolest things. So uh, that's my best friend, Pete Rose. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to hear. I dare you guys to follow up with a better career highlight than that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at this picture. That kind of looks like a guy who's supposed to look like Pete Rose, but isn't no. actually him. Oh, no, snap. that was him. Shut oh, up. no. Shut up. That was him. <laughs> Will, tell us about some dumb soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I just feel like a little man right now. I don't know if I can top that. Um, yeah. Hey, let's talk about Messi, huh? I met Messi. Messi. Pepsi. The greatest player ever. I didn't meet Pepsi, but we're still going to talk about him. Um, <laughs> I think what is happening right now with uh, Pionel Pepsi's career is probably like one of the craziest transfer sagas that I've seen like in recent history. So before I tell you what happened literally an hour before we hopped on this pod to record, we got to kind of back up and provide some context. So Messi is a PSG. His contract runs out in June. It's well known that Messi doesn't really want to stay at PSG because no one actually likes PSG. Like, no one. It's so stupid. So, in April, early April, Messi receives a $440 million salary per year offer from Al-Halal, 
which is a Saudi Arabian club. So we're talking like twice, a little over twice what Ronaldo was making per year in Saudi Arabia. And this just blows my mind. I mean, when we all remember when Neymar signed from Barcelona to PSG a few years ago, then Messi went to PSG. He was like, all right, they're making fat wides, sure. Ronaldo at like 37, 38 goes to um, goes to Saudi Arabia and makes 200 mil a year as a free agent. I'm like, okay, that's no one can top that. That's just ridiculous. I don't know where they have the money to double his salary for Messi. Like, I think they're like they must have some kind of like crazy trafficking thing going. I don't even know. They're they're in the Illuminati. But he supposedly turned down the offer, and that was supposed to be that. Like, okay, I guess, you know, he might leave PSG. Hopefully he goes back to Barcelona, but he's not going to Saudi Arabia. So he, we'll keep a pin in that for now. Very recently, as in, like, I think it was last week, David Beckham was seen visiting the PSG squad in Paris amidst rumors of a potential move for Messi to David Beckham's club Inter Miami in the MLS. So now it gets even more twisted. We're like, okay, Messi 100% wants to leave. We know this. And now Beckham is literally going to Paris, which I'm sure PSG doesn't want him there, even though he used to play there because he's obviously trying to get Messi away from PSG. That's crazy. To add even more layers to this sweet little penalty birthday cake, literally an hour before we start recording, the news broke that Messi has been suspended for two weeks after making an unauthorized trip to Saudi Arabia. Shut, My mind is blown, people. Shut up. Like, what? I couldn't make this up. I literally, I had an entire, okay, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea for what I was going to do for my current player highlight thing. But then I read about that. I was like, oh, it's perfect. So it keeps getting juicier with, like, every passing day. So he goes to Saudi Arabia. PSG is suspending him without pay. They're fining him, too, for two weeks. What's going to happen next? So he could go to the MLS with David Beckham. He could go to Saudi Arabia and secure like general generational wealth for like his great grandkids ten thousand years in the future. He could go to Barcelona, he could go to Argentina. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm intrigued. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on the situation, but this is something that I just anything could happen. So it's gonna be incredible to watch. Four hundred forty million yeah. a year. It's crazy. The largest yeah. baseball contract in history. Was Mike Trout's monster deal four hundred twenty-six million per year for like twelve years? That was his total contract for twelve years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> soccer is another level. Patrick Mahomes signed the biggest contract in sports history for ten. Five hundred for ten. Yep. Four hundred so for thought, one. Yeah, no, I, and I thought that he like for sure wasn't going. But then, obviously, it's still on the table if he just disappeared to Saudi Arabia, so I I don't know what to think. The MLS, bro. If he goes to Inter-Miami, buy the sporting verse Inter-Miami tickets right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all my homies are pulling up to <laughs> that game Immediately. It's going to cost so much money. Don't care. Dude, because I've seen Ronaldo play live. If I see Messi, my life's complete. Like, come on now. That'd be so incredible. Yeah. No, that's so, yeah, crazy. this is... The scriptwriter is going crazy on this one, so I, <laughs> yeah, man. We'll see what happens. And he, and obviously, there's like the crazy Premier League title race. You know, Arsenal are being choke artists, although they're beating Chelsea right now. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to focus on that when you have Messi's future just up in the air like this, really. So, 
especially this late in his career to have this type of transfer drama that's usually for a player like what in their mid 20s it's just something you don't see that often so it's it's really special shout out pepsi man <laughs> i hate that nickname <laughs> shout out <laughs> Well, disrespecting the goat, it's crazy. Uh, hopefully, I get the opportunity to turn down a four hundred forty million dollar contract someday. <laughs> what What would the total like? How many years did Did any information like that come so, out? So, I didn't see anything concrete as far as like the number of years. But if we're going off like what Ronaldo's getting, which is like two hundred mil a year for two years, if Messi's deal is two, I can't even. Comp- that's that's literally that's almost a billion dollars. So I don't know. Like, if it's three years, it'll be over a billion dollars. Yeah, no. That I, is absurd. <laughs> well, I, he'd pay, like, half of that in taxes. Actually, no, he doesn't pay taxes because yeah, he's cool. He but, doesn't have to. Yeah, no. Yeah, I. He the amount of oil money floating around with, like, it, it's just insane. So, and I don't know. I don't know if it's good for the game. Is it bad for the game? But it at least makes for good podcast material, so there's something. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why, that's <laughs> probably why it happened. That's it happened why he did it. So we yeah, can talk yeah. About yeah. I let him know. I let On him know, how to yeah. talk sports. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Daniel, I dare you to try and come up with a story more entertaining than the Pete Rose story and something more absurd than $440 million per year. All right, all right. I can't, all right? But I'm going to get to talk about one of my favorite NFL players, probably to ever play the game. I'm talking about Larry Fitzgerald. Dude, I love Larry Fitzgerald. He was just one of the most loyal players he played all his years at the Cardinals, but it starts way before that, way back in Minnesota. Mm. You know, shout out my friend Candy. <laughs> my friend Candy. She's from there. Yeah, Minnesota sucks. It does. But hey, that's where Larry Fitzgerald. They got from. a nice mall. Yeah. Do they? Is and that the where twins. the Mall of America is or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Southern Canada. That's what Minnesota is. We'll just give Minnesota back to Canada. (laughs) But anyway, Larry Fitzgerald's from there, so that makes it a little better, I guess. Um, But yeah, he grew up there, was a stud in high school, won two All-State receiver titles. I mean, he was just a legend. But when he's going to college, he didn't meet all the requirements as a freshman, like school requirements. So he went to Valley Forge military academy oh yeah it's kind of interesting so he wasn't actually gonna go for football right out of high school because he was like well i guess i'll go here he said he went into the military academy as a boy and he said he came out a man afterwards he said he hated it it was one of the worst times in his life he hated every day but it changed him for the better and so he transferred to pittsburgh and he played two years there, and oh my goodness, this guy was crazy. I mean, his sophomore year, in 13 games, he caught, he had 1,600 yards in 13 games. That's crazy. My goodness. No, nah, that's crazy. And he was drafted third overall by the Cardinals, and he never left the Cardinals. He played 17 seasons in the NFL. Whoa. Yeah, no, he was wild. 17 that's, seasons. That's kind of unheard of. With the Car- yeah, with the Cardinals every year, 11-time Pro Bowler. But the saddest thing is he never won a Super Bowl. One of the best players to never win a Super Bowl. 
And it he was he had some opportunities. He made the Super Bowl one year, but just never won the big game. And it it wasn't for him for lack of trying. He was a stud in the playoffs. He always showed out. I think he still holds the record for the most yards in the playoffs. Like for in one year. He had like 540 yards and seven touchdowns in one in like four games. Jeez. In the playoffs. I mean, he was going crazy. My favorite stat of his is he has more tackles in his career than drops, which is unbelievable. Wow. For a receiver? Yeah, for a receiver. That's crazy. He ended his career with more tackles than dropped passes as a receiver. I mean, he was just Mr. Consistent. How many tackles did he have? That's the question. Maybe this guy was just a stat pattern. No, no, because no, all these tackles, all these tackles, tackles were off interceptions from his quarterback. That's crazy. So it speaks to multiple things. Of he had some pretty good quarterbacks, but he never had like for more than like a season or two, like an amazing quarterback. Mm. And if he had that, who knows what his career would have looked like? But Larry Fitzgerald was always fighting against other factors, but he was always consistent. Mr. Reliable. And he was just a great dude off the field, too. In 2016, won Walter Payton um, Player of the Year Award, which is just an award for, like, guys being involved in the community off the field and, like, just being a great dude. So, Larry Fitzgerald, Mr. Consistent. He's one of my favorite players. What years did he play? Uh, He, let's see, he got drafted in 2000. Six. Oh, so he's recent. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He retired like a few years ago. Okay. Um, but I'm, really, no. I'm really showing how, how big of a football fan I am here. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't believe you just asked that about Bro. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. My bad. He's a legend. He's top five receivers all time. Larry Legend? Larry Legend. You can call him that. Yeah. Well, but my friend Larry's already called him. No, 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 no. No, Will this know. is the real Larry Legend. Are you talking about Larry Bird or something? No. Larry Bird is probably the real Larry Legends. Nah, no offense. Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> he is. <laughs> no, nah, Larry so Fitzgerald. you said Larry Fitzgerald's one of the best players to never win a Super Bowl. <clears throat> He's the best Cardinal of all time. Will, do you think that Messi also belongs in that conversation? One of the best players to never win a Super Bowl. You know, I think you can make that argument because... Messi's played football his whole career, and still not winning the Super Bowl after the stats he's put up is kind of ridiculous. So also, I, I can definitely see that angle. Also... How do we think that Larry Fitzgerald never winning a ring affects LeBron's legacy? Jordan, what do you have to speak into that? It affects LeBron's legacy a lot because Michael if like Michael Jordan would have had him win a ring if they were playing at the same time. Agreed. Like but you know LeBron he just couldn't really get it done. Um Yeah. Can't get it done. And Classic LeBron. LeBron Arizona. He Le- just couldn't he just couldn't make Le- it LeBrick. Shut up. LeBrary. <laughs> LeBrary. <laughs> Dude, librarian reading the first page of every book. <laughs> Call that li- that's a good one. Well, very well, guys, we are we are flying through this episode. Jordan, it's time for your player highlight, and uh, Wait. we might be done within fifty minutes. Fifty? Yeah, we're at like forty something, forty two, forty three right now. We're at forty two. All right, we'll be ending it at an hour and three because I'm about to take my sweet time. (laughs) We are so close. All right. My player highlight for the NBA. There's a lot of guys I could have picked after last night. Nikola Jokic had about 39 points, I think. And obviously, I said James Harden had 45. Both of those in wins. But I'm going to go with the guy who lost. And he knows a lot of losing in his career because, well, for like his first eight seasons, that's all his team did. 
my current player highlight is going to be Devin Booker mm-hmm. because I am a huge Devin Booker fan. I love the way he plays the game. I just think he's one of the most precise basketball players there is in the game right now, and I it's my favorite type of basketball. Did but, you say um, first eight seasons? Just about. I mean, he was drafted in he's 2015, a... and is he's drafted in 2015. He's only 26. He came in very young. Whoa. His he team still seems like so young to Wait, me. Wait, he was right? crazy young. 26? Okay, so it would be the first, like, five seasons. I, I said oh, okay. eight, about the first five, because his team made the playoffs and the finals in 2021. He was drafted in 2015. Okay. But still, that's a long time. He's been in the league for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, That's weird. But Devin Booker... um. Like I said, drafted in 2015, and I'm I'm choosing him as my player highlight, even though his team is down 0-2, because he has been the second-best player in these playoffs. I think it's really not a debate. He's Only Jimmy Butler has played more consistent and better than him. Um, Devin Booker is averaging 35.4 points per game on 55% from the field throughout these playoff, playoffs, and he's the first guy to do that since Michael Jordan in 1988. Which is, I mean, if you're in the same stat as Michael Jordan, I think you're doing something pretty right. good. Especially when you have Kevin Durant on your team Matt and you're overrated. scoring this well. <laughs> um, and I think just the way that Devin Booker has, has gotten to his spots over these playoffs has been amazing to see. And it's what he's always done. Even when he was a rookie or first few years in the league, we saw him score 70 points. And he was the obviously the youngest guy to do that. And it's because he plays with such precision and he doesn't really waste a move. You'll see a lot of guys who will dribble out the clock. They'll make six, seven crossovers before they shoot the ball. And while if it's effective, it's effective. But Devin Booker is good at using three or four dribbles and getting to a good shot and and it goes in. Um, but on top of that, his playmaking has been impeccable throughout these playoffs. Uh, yesterday especially he only had six assists but when you look at the plays he was making the right decision every single time down the court and at some point you just have to hope that his teammates will help him out a little bit and hit some shots but I think it is just a flaw within the the Suns offense right now where you're having Devin Booker hold the ball see what he can do and it's basically just Devin go save us because we have Kevin Durant in the corner we have DeAndre Aiden sitting on the block doing absolutely nothing in the post. Um, you have Chris Paul not even being the main facilitator at this point. You're seeing Devin Booker be that. And I think it's just a bad way to play basketball, especially with how many mid-range shots they take. Because in the NBA, you want to get to the rim because, well, the closest shot is the easiest shot to make. And you also have a higher chance of being fouled. Free throws are they're free throws. They should be automatic. And three-pointers are greater than two-pointers. So when you're looking at the mid-range, it's oh. the least efficient shot in basketball. Will, did you catch that? <laughs> Will is... Will wasn't listening. Thinking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Dang it, Will. You fall Will over. is tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the Suns offense is that they take the most mid-ranges in basketball. It's kind of all they take. They don't put pressure on the rim. They complain about not getting a lot of free throws, but they don't attack the paint, which is where you get fouled. And they don't take enough threes you saw the Suns yesterday take a lot more threes. Kevin Durant shot, I think, 12 of them, which is insane for Kevin Durant because, well, Kevin Durant, you're lucky if he shoots the ball 12 times in a game sometimes. Um, but the problem with the Suns' three-pointers are they aren't catch and shoot as much. They're more of Kevin Durant's running down the court and shooting a pull-up three because 
I'm guessing Monty Williams, the coach, said, we need to shoot more threes. It's just not their game. They're mid-range players, and unfortunately, it's just not the best way to play. I think this offseason, they need to look into getting someone who can attack the rim, like Russell Westbrook, or someone who can shoot the three ball a little bit better. Like Russell Westbrook. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Jack. Exactly. But that is my current player highlight. Shout out Devin Booker. He is one of my – he's probably my favorite non-Thunder player in the D-book. league right now. Mm-hmm. I do shout like out Kevin Durant too. But... Thank you. I was, I was worried he was getting I, left out. I knew you were waiting on that. Well, gents, we flew through this episode. No way. We, I mean, what else is we there to it. talk about? There's we nothing else to talk about. We did it. We already talked about sports. We taught people how to talk sports. I feel like when we do that, then we can end the show. <laughs> We've done our job. <laughs> We've done our job. With my fellow coworkers. Yeah, my dude, co-hosts. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for, co-hosts. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I'm not perfect. I'm just really close to it. No way. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here this week. Uh, make sure you tune in tonight as Bryce Harper comes back. Watch the Phillies game. Make sure you watch uh, who plays tonight, Jordan. The Lakers versus Warriors. Lakers Warriors. This is going to be one of the best playoff series. What is the other game tonight? Does anybody really care? Playoffs. I mean, the, the Lakers versus Warriors play yeah. tonight, and Heat versus Knicks. Okay, so with Jimmy, if Jimmy Butler's out, don't watch. If he's in, it's it's must see <laughs> TV. Will uh, anything that people need to watch? Women's soccer. Uh, um. Personally, um, I really enjoy the Avatar: The Last Airbender series. Okay, uh, well, Daniel. great all around. Hey, watch Brighton, Man United this Thursday. Oh, so, uh, is you don't need to watch that. Isn't that for? <laughs> is that for that. the? Because Brighton will cook Man For well, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's that. It's not really for anything. Yeah, he, you're right. It doesn't matter. He's scared. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here this week, and we will see you next week. <laughs>